Every day we're hustling with the daily hustle. I don't have to pretend to be this version of myself. I can embrace the things that make me different. At our agency, we will create the best working environment. Filling six, seven, eight grand a year, year in, year out. There is something really magical about the power of saying yes. There's power in intentionality. Allow it to kind of happen to you or happen for you. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Daily Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Matt Daly, and I hope this show inspires you to be a better version of yourself in your personal and professional life. In addition to hosting this podcast, I'm also the CMO and co-founder of Circulate Digital, where we help e-commerce brands to drive customer acquisition and success online. Make sure you check us out at circulatedigital.com. Make sure you also show us some love by following us on our socials at Circulate Digital and The Daily Hustle Official. In this episode of The Daily Hustle, I spoke with Liz Hamlet, who is the founder of Spark Succeed. Spark Succeed helps leaders, entrepreneurs, and organizations lead better so that they can build thriving business with maximum growth and impact. We spoke about how she got into consulting, the importance of setting vision, some misconceptions about business growth, as well as how to develop a positive growth mindset. So without further ado, let's get started. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Liz. It's really great to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started in the field of coaching and consulting. Thanks so much for having me. We've had a little chat before, uh, bonding over travel and everything. So yeah, it's great to join you. I'm what I always call a corporate escapee. So I spent many years climbing up the corporate ladder into leadership, more senior leadership. And that was where I thought I would stay. But I had this little sort of burning idea that I wanted to run my own business and set up as my own boss. And an opportunity came. I had a chance to take redundancy and it seemed like this is the time to jump. If I don't do it now, it's never going to happen. So that's when I took the leap. Um, I'm London based and I'm a speaker, a um, coach and a strategist. So I've got a few nice strands to what I do. And it means I keep my hand in with working with organizations to help them lead better. But I also get to do the really fun stuff with the sort of trailblazers and the ambitious leaders to help them in their journey. And that's taken me to where I am today. One of the things that I spoke about quite a lot on this podcast is like mission and values and really the vision as well of where you're taking things. Like what's what's the mission and I guess your vision for where you want to take things for the company? The vision was formed out of the fact that I felt a lot of people are sort of thrown into leadership. Not necessarily thrown in, often they're applying for jobs, but they don't really get any proper support. It's expected that just as soon as you get that leadership role title, that you just know what to do. And I wanted to change it. I wanted to give these leaders somewhere to sort of a safe space to talk about these worries, to practice out sort of scenarios and and really also look at those mindset things that are holding them back. So I get all sorts of mindset blockers that are stopping people from achieving their potential as leaders. Out of that came the mission to help leaders and entrepreneurs to lead better. So by that I mean leading their organisations better, leading their teams better if they're 
a more junior leader and also I think more importantly leading themselves better so all that mindset stuff that can really hold you back <laughs> and now doing the mission and, and really helping them lead better to enable them to build thriving businesses with maximum growth and impact and also most importantly revenue you've really struck a chord there because a lot of people think as well like you know you start a business up or you get a, a specific role and you automatically assume that you know i've made it in that position and i'm going to be great at what i do but there's so much more to leadership than most people think i mean it, 10 years in almost 10 years into running our company and like I realized for most of that time we've not been great leaders we really had to like get a lot of coaching ourselves and and figure out how to become better leaders there's a process behind it isn't there yeah totally and you know there's so many things that come up can come up in the sort of self-reflection when you become that leader because you know often people don't see eye to eye i mean i talk in a positive way about rebel thinking but when you're a leader and you've got this rebel that's coming up with all these totally conflicting ideas to yours, it can be quite difficult and it can make you question your conviction in your own skills. And a lot of it is around having a space to talk through these things that come up. Because as we all know, when you lead people, there's all sorts of scenarios that come up that you could never, ever have trained for, you could never, ever have planned for. And knowing the right thing to do is quite key. And without having that sort of someone to question you, someone to sort of be your sounding board. It's quite difficult to make the right decisions. And I think that the work of leadership coaches and mentors is so important and for leaders to have someone like that in their sphere. So it's great to hear that you've been working <laughs> with people. Yeah, we've worked with quite a few actually um, over the years. It's, it's definitely added a lot of value to, to you know, even your perspective of how you see things and like just understanding different things from like, how uh, maybe a larger business will run compared to a smaller one. But what would you say one of the, the the most common traits you see between like, you know, business leaders and entrepreneurs in their journey to kind of making their business better? Have you got like any examples where, you know, if you're listening to this show and you're, you're maybe having that feeling of, oh, I need to improve in this area, is there a common trait at all that you spot? The words imposter syndrome get bounded around a lot and I don't think necessarily an imposter syndrome but I think it's that question in that sort of self-doubt when you've had a tough few weeks leaders are working under immense pressure there's all sorts of changes over the last couple of years you've had to go through and and support your team through and be the one they're supporting and, you know and often you need some support and the <laughs> especially as a founder, you know, it's not like a senior leader leader in or organization where you've got someone, you've got a boss when you're a founder that, you know, the proverbial stops with you. So I think that is something I see a lot. I also see a lot of people feel very stuck. So perhaps they've taken their organization to a certain point in growth and invariably you get to some point where it seems to just go to a standstill. When you get into that situation, I think it's very easy to feel stuck. And just that is partly due to the fear, you know, fear of what's on the other side. If I now make a change, you know, what we've been doing has been going really well. We've got to this point, but perhaps we've ground to a bit of a halt. But I'm scared of what's the other side of that look like. You know, if I make a change, is that going to go worse or going to be something for the better? So I think fear is probably the biggest thing that sits behind that. And I think also what we've all been through in the last few years has really rocked us. But I think also in a good way, 
it's made us think about what is important to us. And I think myself included, my um, previous idea of success was very much about, you know, moving up, a, a more increased salary or revenue or income. But now it's very much like doing work that really makes my eyes twinkle that I really enjoy doing and I can see the impact of the work I do with the, the people I work with and having time to travel, you know, and having time off and doing fun, fun things. So I think that time of crisis, whilst it was just horrendous and very stressful as leaders and humans, um, I think a lot of good has come out of it because it's made us reassess. Yeah, completely. Actually, we just had that chat before we got on the show, didn't we, about going somewhere as like a bit of a nomad, <laughs> trying new places. Like, I think that's definitely helped, especially with working remotely. And it brings challenges because as a leader, you have to find ways to manage your team in a remote way. And I've had the conversation this morning about directive style versus like um, a coaching style when you are happy to delegate. And it's, yeah, difficult. It takes a lot of trust to lead a team from a remote location and yeah, it, it is a challenge. It's a um, sort of personal challenge for a lot of leaders. Yeah. Do you find like with a lot of the leaders that you're doing coaching with, like, do you find you have to help them build processes to improve like how they're building the business? Yes. With the sort of coaching stuff. So it's getting them to think about processes, about making things repeatable. You know, um, is it built for growth? Is this something that if you're on holiday or you're out, does it just not function and you have to be the person that's always there and always on and always checking in emails? But yeah, the work I do on the sort of consultancy side is definitely that. I mean, one of the big clients I was working with had next to no processes and that's part of what I was doing with them is sort of looking at strategy. And I think a lot of where I see on both sides, the coaching and the consultancy side is a lot of organisations that are sort of running before they can walk. So they've sort of grown quite quickly. They've got more staff and they haven't really built the framework underneath that. And and that's great to a point, but what happens if someone leaves with all your knowledge? Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. Bob who does all the, you know, financial payments leaves and hasn't left any processes and there's no sort of automation. So it's really important to have that framework. And it seems like the boring stuff. You know, we want to go out, we want to grow, we want to get more clients and do all the sexy stuff. But you need those people that are building the framework. I think a lot of entrepreneurs sometimes forget about the process, me included for a long time as well. Like, and then you kind of build a process and then you have to build another process to manage the process. <laughs> but you need to make it simple, right? And it needs to be repeatable and easy to do. We don't want processes for processes' sake. We don't want them to be overcomplicated. We want it to be able to, a touch of a button that someone's not, I mean, I've got into organisations where someone is manually counting things, sales of a spreadsheet to do their performance reporting and really didn't have anything that was, you know, would stand up to any sort of scrutiny and audit in terms of, you know, that the numbers were right. So, yeah, it's about having a framework but making it simple. You know, they always say that kiss, isn't it? Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> and I think one of the other things as well is like slowing down to speed up, right? It's sometimes it's so easy, especially when you're entrepreneurial, just to go, I want it all tomorrow. <laughs> so you've really got to slow yourself down. Yeah, and I always talk to my clients about having somewhere to capture those ideas, those shiny objects. So whether that's 
you know, um, software that you you capture things, um, or whether it's a notebook that you keep somewhere accessible, and it's just so it's it's something that's out of your head. You won't forget it, but it's not something you actually now because you know it's that shiny object. As entrepreneurs, naturally, we are all very good at sort of innovation and starting up new things, but that can come to the detriment of sort of skipping over a few and sort of tripping yourself up. So, yeah, I think if you've got somewhere to capture it, I think it's quite good. Have you got any other like tips or tricks for like more geared around like business growth that, that you can like share with us that you've, you've recommended to clients? I think particularly people that have come out of corporate are very worried about having their face and getting too visible. I've coached people that are worried about embarrassing the organization. You know, if I, if I build a personal brand, well, that not being in alignment with my business. And it's actually quite stunting of growth because it ends up being a very faceless organization. I've seen organizations that purely use stock videos, stock photos. There's nothing on there about, you know, the founder's journey, you know, their reason behind it business which is what we all want to see we want to see the behind the scenes stuff we want to see your day-to-day we want to see things that don't go right because it makes us feel better I would say that's definitely stunting of growth because it ends up being quite like a bland organization I've looked at um, and listened to a number of your previous podcasts you know people want to see unusual people people that aren't the sort of normal entrepreneurs the normal leaders want to see those stories because that is what we connect to as, as humans so I would say not being afraid to be vulnerable as a entrepreneur not being I think one of the key things you touched on earlier is like not being afraid to ask for help so ask a mentor or a coach is just get out there start doing it actually I, I was speaking to someone yesterday on the podcast and they, they were a client of ours for eight years they pretty much kept themselves very away from the brand and it's a fashion brand she basically said before she was very nervous around putting her face on the brand because it attached her but when she actually decided to go ahead with it it like exploded the business like it went so big like they hit the biggest numbers they've ever hit and now she's got like over a hundred thousand followers and it's like just going out and doing that had like astronomical impact on her business people do want to see you know what you're doing not just in business meetings you know they want to know who you are as a person i just want to take a quick pause i hope you're enjoying this episode so far but just wanted to remind you to follow us at the daily hustle across facebook instagram and linkedin you can also check out my digital agency circulate digital where we help e-commerce brands to drive customer acquisition and success online let's get back to the show What about mindset, right? What do you think is the biggest kind of fundamental part of developing your mindset as a business leader? Like, how do you cultivate that growth mindset? Part of that's humility and like not thinking you know everything best. What I see a lot is, you know, well, my, I set up this business, my I want it done this way. And actually by that, we miss out on a heck load of innovation from new minds and people that think very differently from us. And so I think being sort of modest and accepting that you're not the one that knows the best about everything. And even in your area of expertise, there's still always new things that you can learn. So I would always encourage founders and leaders and anyone really to sort of continue that learning. And that might be however you learn best. So you might 
the sort of audio way of learning. So I listened to loads of podcasts. I was listening to um, this podcast at the gym this morning, doing a bit of extra research. Or, you know, you might be someone that just loves books. Or you might be someone that learns from people directly, you know, going to events. So I think embracing that and not thinking that, you know, just because you've made it somewhere, that's the end of your journey. In fact, that's the start. Because like you say, I'm sure you could say actually your life and experience prior to setting up the business you thought you knew loads when you set up the business hey i know exactly what i'm doing and now you're like i didn't know anything <laughs> honestly yeah like, i can definitely uh resonate with that point <laughs> and even now things come up and i'm like oh my god i didn't realize that <laughs> and I think, yeah and i think the second thing for mindsets i see a lot of people that are just so tough on themselves you know and i talk a lot about sort of reframing your mindset so you know I've coached two people in the last two days that are going to quite big interviews you know their direct focus is like well I haven't got that exact piece of experience and they're going to spot it and I'm going to feel ashamed a bit you know and turning it around so actually I think you're the ideal person for this role because and that your benefit is that you're aware of your development areas and that you're already working on them not being too tough on yourself you know it's so difficult you know the life of an entrepreneur and business journey particularly in the current environment is is tough and you won't always have fantastic revenue months but actually not seeing that as a sort of personal slight and actually seeing you know give yourself a little time to dash yourself down but just have a look at you know is there any small tweaks that you can do it's kind of like just building more self-awareness as well i guess right you know, we're always learning, no matter how old we are. And I think that's quite fun. And not seeing it as, oh, something, gosh, something I need to learn and polish up my skills. It's something I'm interested in finding out new stuff. And okay, I might find out I'm rubbish at it, but that means I can get someone in who is an expert. I think when you start out a business, because you have to like take on a few different hats, over time you become very much, you, you struggle to let go of the hat. Even if it's something that you're not very good at. And the thing that always comes up for people is finance. Yeah. <laughs> always. Anyone I speak to, they're like, well, I really I really need help with this. And it's always finance. So, And that that sort of delegation, once you've got a, a growing team, it's tough as well. Yeah, letting go. In terms of like the actual strategies and techniques that you use to, I guess, improve your clients' leadership skills, what? What would you say like the the best strategies and techniques for improving those skills would be? I tend to work sort of threefold in different areas. So it is the one that I tend to leave until last because I think it's the one that's the unpicker, (laughs) which is the mindset stuff. Looking at strategy, I think often it's a challenge people have when they are founders. They get a little tunnel visioned. The one thing about being a coach and being um, a strategist as well is you can sort of spot the missing pieces. One, you know, we do, we would do a big sort of exploratory session at the start, constantly picking up. So you might say a sentence and I'll, I'll be like, that was an interesting word that you meant in there. Let's take us back to that. And, you know, you're thinking, oh, no, it's, it's not important. But actually, it's sort of, it's that why. Like, why are you worried about this? And then going down but why and taking you right down to the sort of root cause of that and I think a lot of yeah I was saying that sort of you get a bit blindsided by what you want to do and the sexy stuff and bits you're good at as well you know 
marketing or you know whatever is the sort of stuff that you good at videos podcasting oh, it's great to do my podcast but actually <laughs> do I need to be focusing on something else I think picking out those sort of missed areas missed opportunities or, or even like blind spots often you won't see them because you're so entrenched in it and I think working at the benefits of working with a coach or a mentor is that they probably will hear and spot those blind spots for you and often it's quite a painful process to see something that you've missed or you know missed opportunity that if you'd have done six months ago would have resulted in something amazing that's the magic I mean you've worked with um, a mentor and coach yourself I'm sure there's been some difficult sessions where you don't really want to unpick stuff (laughs) yeah definitely well one of my biggest kind of learnings really is is hard work now and gains later I feel like when you know there's a lot to to gain like you've a lot of work to do you just need to put the work in and 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 be focused and make sure that you are doing the things like delegating to get the rewards later down the line is it like whenever you start I think when when you get a mentor come in they're going to pick out a lot of problems and opportunities and and I, I say that last one the opportunities because I think you're not going to, like you say, like you're not going to know everything. So there's going to be one that's more expert than you in certain areas. And I think it's having the ability to understand that and be aware of that. And basically, yeah, just put the hard work in because it's time, isn't it, really? like We have to work at, if you want a business to work, you've got to put the hours in. And I think I see sort of two sides to that. So I, I see people that are sort of barging forward and they've not really thought, you know, there's not really a strategy and... They've not got a plan. Things are going quite well, but at some point, you know, the wheels are going to come off. And that's great. You know, I love that confidence, but actually that needs to be challenged <laughs> to look at and think about, you know, and, and like you said, slow down, speed up. But then like, we've got the other side where people just don't congratulate and celebrate enough of the achievements they had. You know, they'll say, I've got to get to this in six months. I haven't allowed themselves to look back and see how far they've come. It is about challenging mindset and sort of reframing that on both sides, but it's hugely interesting work. I gained some massive perspective as well, because at some point I moved back to, to Manchester to open an office there and some team and stuff. And like that process gave me so much perspective that before I moved back, I wasn't really feeling Barcelona and I felt a little bit down in the dumps and because it was COVID times and I was getting quite alone here. And I went back thinking, oh God, yeah, this is the the new way for me. And then in the end, I, I ended up really missing Barcelona. I got that whole perspective of trying something new and not really enjoying it as much as I, what I thought. And now I'm back here, it's kind of like you have that different perspective. I think that's really important in business as well is to to try new things and, and test new ideas. And you never know really, do you, how, what you're going to get out of things. And one of the things I'm testing out is I'm doing a bit of beta testing for founders that have either work solopreneurs or people that are working in sort of boutique organizations but they don't have a board they don't have any advisors in allowing them to have their own board away day and that might just be with you the founder and one-on-one and just sort of to get that challenge and get that second opinion and and sort of scrutinize what you're doing because you don't ever get that scrutiny when you're a solopreneur it is an echo chamber you know you talk to family and friends and they're saying yeah you're doing great you know it sounds sounds fantastic you don't really get a challenge to that 
and or also even if you do get challenged sometimes you're not listening to it because you're thinking oh they don't know what they're they don't know what they're talking about <laughs> i'm the expert <laughs> it's so funny actually because you i mean you must see this with a lot of um entrepreneurs especially because they're coming to you to get help a lot of people don't see the hard part they just see the glitz and glamour but i've had a lot of people say oh god you're always traveling around and doing these different things and then they don't see the day that I didn't get any sleep because I knew that I was getting up in the morning to travel to another place. And your brain's constantly on the go. That was actually last week. I just didn't sleep on Wednesday night and then went to an event on Thursday. Because <laughs> honestly, I turned up and was just like, oh God. And, and then nine o'clock in the evening hit and I just went to bed and slept for 11 hours. And I was like, out. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that brings up an interesting point for us solopreneurs or, you know, anyone running a small organisation is that, you know, LinkedIn and social media is just people telling you what you should be doing, telling you how to gain followers, telling you how to get your, like, first $10 million week. Annoying. It is annoying. <laughs> and you have to be quite strict to shout out that noise because, one, <laughs> it's a show reel two it's often incorrect <laughs> and I think three everyone's idea of success is very different it might be that you had the freedom to go up into the mountains after work every day and you know have a walk and get some fresh air for someone else theirs might, might be you know hitting some big targets so pace yourself but don't feel swayed and I think that that feed unfortunately when we're feeling down our natural place is to go and have a bit of a scroll on social media thinking looking for inspiration but actually it's a bit of a sort of self-flagellation to like whip yourself looking at all that everyone else's success and be really clear about what success looks like for you as well do you have any like common myths or like misconceptions that a lot of people kind of come to you around about like business growth and how do you kind of address that like for, for us we get a lot of clients will always be like oh, but like you can do it this way. And it's, 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 it is often just a myth in, in some kind of made up way. Do you find that same kind of approach dealing with entrepreneurs? Having the confidence to know that there's no one way of doing things. There's no one successful strategy. You know, there's all these, anyone that's on LinkedIn with any sort of follow-up will be bombarded with people um, about lead gen and different things. And there's no one way. If something doesn't feel right and how you're doing it there's no requirement to have a certain strategy or a certain set of processes or anything and you know listen to your gut if things aren't feeling right for you you're not going to feel happy selling your services you're certainly not going to be happy in how you're sort of supporting your clients if you've not got total buy-in in the way that your organization is structured and you know processes and everything and I think linked to that is not feeling like you should copy someone that's maybe like 10 years ahead of you in your journey. We all know that people in our businesses that are several years ahead, that are earning billions of dollars. Why would you structure your boutique organization in the same way? It's not going to work for you. So I think there's a level of you can structure your business as you wish. There's some, obviously, some legal bits that need to be done. But I think in terms of... Um, how you structure it and the strategy there's some ideas and you know inspiration but it's got to feel right for you you've got to feel happy have you ever helped a company which is like struggling to turn itself around and then you've come in and thrown a myth buster 
and like grown it massively. One client in particular was a household name approached me and they wanted help. They didn't really have any sort of appraisal, like monthly one-to-ones or annual appraisal process. And they've been running years and years and years with nothing like that. And the challenge they had is they had some very different people and departments and personalities. So you can imagine in a big multinational organization, they had some super sciencey techie people who had one personality type generally. He had other people that were sort of more office-based that were very different. And, you know, working with them on putting together some common strategy on this new process and a new um, sort of training package and everything that would be worldwide. So, you know, that was quite interesting in that there was a lot of challenge to it because it's something new. Why would you want, if you could go to work every day for years and years and years and no one really checked up with you, you didn't really have to have a conversation with your boss. You know, there was nothing at the end of the year checking in. You know, for most for a lot of people, that would be great. But for those who are ambitious, they were missing so many opportunities. Do you think there's any, like, characteristics in an entrepreneur that people should, like, that entrepreneurs themselves, I guess, should try and possess in this situation? So, like, any important qualities that you think are good? I think sometimes blind faith in what you're doing even on the odd day when you're having those sort of crisis of confidence when you're just like gosh you just go back and get get a, um, a monthly salary and it'd be a lot less stressful <laughs> we all do that um on, on the odd day but i think that blind faith in what you're doing i think also there's a lot to be said for entrepreneurial mindset and curiosity in organizations and i think unfortunately some organizations really don't encourage this um but, you know, luckily there are a lot of organisations that really do encourage people to do stuff outside of their role. So, you know, that innovation can be shown within their role, but also in sort of introducing new projects and different things um, into the organisation. So I think that's really good. I think as an entrepreneur, like you said, wearing many hats, you have to just get your sleeves rolled up and get stuck in and just do stuff, you know, sales or the accounts at the start before you can afford an accountant and I think that is a really good mindset you know just the work ethics of entrepreneurs and what's interesting is I just I love my entrepreneur team of colleagues that's what I always think of you know all these all these different founders um and in fact we um launched the um antisocial social club so as well as um founder of spark succeeds with another entrepreneur we set up the antisocial club which is a space for people that hate traditional networking just blown up we've had like three thousand five hundred people register for our events and it's just gone crazy because i think people hate those sort of corporate boring networking and we actually help people to network if they're introverted if they're neurodivergent you know different things so I just love the learning that I get from speaking to people on my own podcast which is called how to spark success you know exactly like you you get people on that you're interested in talking to and that you can learn from and it's it's fantastic isn't it yeah it's it's really fun like I think this is episode number 31 now yeah it's the consistent thing as well as I'd say is quite an important thing there as well isn't it in in terms of like a a quality to have as an entrepreneur like there's been so many things that 
during my time running a business where I've like done it for a month and then just stopped. I've really tried on this one to keep consistent. <laughs> yeah, it's the shiny it object. Do. It will, yeah. you know, build. I think consistency is like a snowball effect. Is that a little thing each day, little thing, you know, recording one once a week or once a month. It, it just becomes this big snowball effect, and then it becomes like where you really, you know, I must do this, you know. And there's people will contact you because of the podcast, and people will come up to you and say that you've never heard of and say, I was listening to you in my car today. And it's just, wow. Yeah, there's a reason I do the podcasts at four o'clock my time and because I love to end the day on a high. This is yes. uh, this is the way to end my day. So I have a, quite a, a, a balanced structure to my day, getting up in the morning, doing some sports, doing all my daily planning and, and, and actually like making sure everything's structured throughout the day and it's all in a calendar. Otherwise, yeah, it can become a bit chaotic, can't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think, unfortunately, um, entrepreneurial minds can be chaotic minds. Yeah. yeah, I think also adding that, whether it's someone else enforcing you to do it by putting in your calendar or you being strict with yourself, I think that's important, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And you can then end up being that person that doesn't go to bed on a Wednesday night. (laughs) Just once once a month, thankfully. To be honest, that has not happened in years. I've been very lucky that I've been able to sleep very good for a long time, but you know, when you're just traveling and you're just, you've just got all these different things going on and then you just can't go to sleep. That was it. So uh, it's all good. All recovered now. We're, we're almost coming to an end on this podcast, actually. But uh, it's, like I said, it's been a very, very interesting one. One of the things that's been quite big in the last three or four years is obviously with, with COVID. Uh, and it's very uncertain what was going to happen. Like, how do you deal with making sure entrepreneurs can deal with uncertainty like is there like a way in which you've managed to work with this well you'd have to book me for my keynote which is changes and opportunity (laughs) (laughs) there we go but no seriously i think knowing that change is a constant and change is a certainty is our only certainty you know nothing stays the same i think knowing that but i think one analogy i always use about change is when we're reading a book to get to the end of the book, we'll have to go through chapters and to proceed in the story, we have to end a chapter. You know, often in life, it can be quite scary to end that chapter and, you know, think about well, what's the next one going to be? What's the next chapter in my life going to look like? And we can get stuck there. But if we think of it as our life as a book, basically, you know, you have to finish that one chapter to be able to move on to the next. And that's open up possibility and it's something that's quite exciting you know wow I want to read you know when we're reading a really good book you want to read on to the next chapter and keep reading and reading okay maybe you might not want to get to the end because then you have to find another good book we have to say goodbye to some things to be able to move forward so that might be friendships that aren't serving us that might be situations that might be places things that aren't serving us to be able to move on to new things you know new places new houses new businesses so I think the book analogy is quite good in that knowing that there's going to be a change and end of a chapter and being okay with that just being that that's just part of moving into something new I love that there's some really nice ways to look at it so this is pretty much the end of the episode now but we always end with one final question are you ready drum rolls please yeah let's go <laughs> so what is the best bit of advice you've ever received 
It's really funny because this is how I end my podcast. A great wine stinker. <laughs> so normally on the other side, asking the question, I would say it's an old day, but it's a really good day. Is feel the fear and do it anyway. I think a lot of people wait to do things, wait to start their own businesses or to leave a job or different things until they feel ready. I'm telling you now that that ready is a fallacy. You will never feel ready because you're on the edge of something exciting or something new. So if you're feeling that and you're thinking, I'm going to put it off till next year, when I feel ready, I often get the thing of, I'll launch my business when I've done some more training or done some more courses. Like, no, (laughs) you don't need those extra courses. Just get going. Action builds momentum and momentum and forward motion builds success. I've really, honestly, I know I've said it already in the episode, I've really enjoyed this chat today. Um, It makes my days very happy to speak to people like you. So thank you so much for coming on the show. How can people find you online? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn under Liz Hamlet. I'm there as the success spark. I've not got a nice bright background to my photo, so please connect. And also, all my other links are on sparksucceed.co.uk forward slash links. And that has got the Antisocial Social Club, where we've got the three monthly audio rooms that I mentioned before. And um, come and join us if you're an antisocialite. And it's got my podcast, How to Spark Success, and all other ways of working with me. Well, thank you again. And until next time, guys, see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to another episode of the Daily Hustle podcast. If you loved this episode, please don't forget to follow us across our social media at The Daily Hustle Official. And if you really love this show, then just press that little bell and get notified every time we release an episode. See you next time.